Welcome to the STC Summer Podcast on the Practice of Neighbouring. Join us each week as we dive deeper into what it means to be biblically better neighbours. We hope you enjoy. Hi and welcome to the fourth of our Summer Podcast series. Um, Today I am joined by the very lovely Becky Wilson and Ashley McIlvenny. And uh, today we're going to be looking particularly at connecting with people um, from different values, with different values, different backgrounds. So, um, Becky, uh, why don't you introduce yourself and we'll come to you, Ashley, after that. Hi, I'm Becky. Um, So I live down in Fairvale, lived there for uh, coming up to nine years. And um, all that time I've been involved in the Eden team, um, which I'm now leading. But um, a big part of that is just being part of the community um, and I guess that's the bit that probably probably is the most relevant today. Fantastic and how about you Ashley who are you? I'm Ashley I'm married to Pat I have a little girl called Philomena and we live in Parson Cross at the moment but I work at Oasis Academy Fairvale and I used to live with Becky nine years ago in in Fairvale for, for quite a few years. At least three. So you've got some (laughs) long history uh, living and neighbouring together um, over in the Fervell area of the city. That's awesome. That may be why I've chosen you and uh, thought you would be great for this uh, for this episode. Um, So for those who have never had the joys and delights of uh, of passing through uh, your area, could you paint for us? A little bit of a picture of what um, what Fervale is like, ethnic mix, backgrounds, um, the general sort of feel of the place. That'd be really helpful. Uh, yes, yeah, so um, Fervale is really mixed. Um, there's lots of different ethnicities there. Um, probably the two biggest groups are the Roma Slovak community and um, the Yemeni community. Um, there's also lots of Pakistani, Indian, white, others, there's, there's loads of different, loads of different, you could go, I shouldn't have started a list really, um, <laughs> yeah, very different ethnically, um, it's, um, it's quite, in terms of um, socio-economic sort of level, it's in the, the bottom 5% um, of areas of deprivation, uh, if you look at the stats, um, but yeah, it's, it's just very, very mixed, very, very mixed. Yeah. And so for both of you, then, um, you're both university graduates. Uh, you're both yeah. white British, um, yeah. growing up in the UK. So in terms of cross-cultural and um, crossing uh, socio-economical, economical? Is that even a word? Who knows? <laughs> uh, but crossing that kind of divide, connecting with people. And that's a huge part of the reason why you guys moved down to Fervale, wasn't it? To, to make an impact, build community um, down in that area. So you must have some stories in terms of how uh, some joys and some struggles in terms of trying to do the whole cross-cultural different values thing. Just wondering if you've got one or two sort of stories, one or two things that you might be able to uh, share with us. The thing about being cross-cultural in Fairvale is that there's, it's not like you're learning one culture and trying to learn how to be part of that. It's just because it's this mad mix of everybody and you're crossing all sorts of cultural lines and 
to to make friends and connections with people so um it's not like you ever really get to a place where right now I know exactly now I am part of the culture because there isn't one culture that you can join and be part of there's there's just loads um so I guess there was just lots of um I don't know, lots of little moments where you think, oh, I won't do that again, or um, this doesn't work, we need to, how do we make friends with people um, that think that just that the whole worldview is often is often different and just the way they do life. Um, one, one example would be just there, um, that it's really, really small, but um, our next door neighbours, um, family that we were really, really good friends with um, across a language barrier. Um, they they would just put, come and put their washing on our line um, and use our pegs in our garden. Um, and this was really odd to us. Like it wasn't like, um, it wasn't, it didn't hurt us in any way. It didn't bother us, but it was really, it was kind of odd. Like you just, any of the other places that I've lived, you wouldn't, um, you wouldn't, just go into someone else's garden and hang your, <laughs> hang your washing it's not very there. British, Becky, is it? It's really not very, <laughs> it's not British. very British. It's the way that we would do things. Yeah, yeah. And so, sometimes as well. Do you remember, Ashley, um, they, um, some of the kids, we knew the kids from that house really well. And they, w- one day when um, we just didn't have the, the mind space to, um, to invite the kids in, sometimes we did because we knew the parents well, and they'd just come and play games, um, play snack with us on our living room floor. And, and one day we said no because we were busy or tired or something. Um, and in retaliation, or like semi-retaliation, they, came, they started taking our washing off our line and posting posting it through our letterbox to us. <laughs> uh, we just got like kind of like little socks being posted through. And um, so it was, they were kind of helping us out, you know, they were taking the washing for us. I don't know what that was about. Um, but yeah, it's just- at least dry washing, was it? It was dry washing, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> we, we, if one time when they were actually actually angry with us for not letting us in, letting them in, um, they posted a banana skin through, and that was less um, <laughs> that was less welcome than doing our laundry for us. But yeah, that that was sort of a common theme that um, that we remember the the boundaries of the of the kids, and not necessarily they're trying to do anything naughty, just. Um, things things that are seen as completely fine and normal that seem odd to us yeah you have to get used to well and Ashley you remember um uh you remember those times as well being down in Fairvale and uh and some of those <laughs> as well I remember um yeah I mean my memory is not as good as Becky's I will say <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there was a lot of crazy things that all just become really normal and um and you soon get used to that like lack of boundary um and the fact that your garden is not really your garden because there's not really a fence so therefore anyone can play in it and uh um, your cool also the windows are not our own were they as well yeah <laughs> and the windows then they're no barrier because if you're in then then you should be able to be watched while you do your washing up and that should be a good time for you to play and chat 
very good. So, so there is something very, uh, very British or very English, isn't there, about your space being your space, mm -hmm. and you're living next door to uh, folk from a different culture, where actually your space isn't your space, and it's a lot more of a free for all. People in and out of one another's homes, and probably a lot more of a sort of a communal kind of way of living and way of being. Um, than would normally uh, done that we, we would find certainly in in the UK. Um, so I can I can sense that with uh, with my washing being posted through a letterbox, uh, being watched doing the washing up, uh, and no doubt critiqued because I'm sure I don't do it very well. Um, I can see that there's a real potential for sort of frustration. Um, uh, retribution um, and uh, how did you how do you begin to sort of um, navigate that cultural difference um, without getting into um, without getting into trouble <laughs> uh, both ways what what do you do to to begin to um, get your head around all of that one boundary for us was the front door so it is quite common in like particularly the Roma community um, will just wander into each other's houses without knocking um, and that's not rude that's fine um, but we were not okay with them doing that um, in our house mostly because um, often it would be kids and there were, you know the safeguarding consequences there might not have been two of us available we might not have had might not have known their parents um, and so we had to keep the front door locked which we wouldn't have normally done but um, we needed to, <laughs> we couldn't just leave it shut because they would just walk in <laughs> Um, and then we'd have to deal with how do you <laughs> how do you get them out again? Um, so yeah, locking the front door was something we was one thing we did. Um, at other times when um, you know when uh, there was a whole kind of assumption that you would be available all the time, and if you were in the house, then of course you could be available for a chat. Um, and whereas we really wanted to make connections and and make time for people couldn't do that a whole day long after a day of work um, and so had to, like especially with the kids had to come up with systems of you know deciding when we were available and when we were going to say no no matter how how insistent the knocks were at the door <laughs> we had like there was times when we um put a ticker across or a smiley face or a sad face in the window to know so the kids would know are you allowed to knock or will we just ignore you at this time <laughs> um things like that yeah. Come on. Mm, yeah. What about your strategies, Ashley, in terms of um, in terms of dealing with uh, with being somewhere so so totally different from what what we used to? This won't sound good, but I definitely sometimes hid in my bedroom for <laughs> hours and avoided going downstairs just in case. But sometimes you're just so tired. I think um, it it could be a lot because you could get. You could get spotted by the kids at any moment yeah. um but I can remember other times actually I feel like one time um I came back home and I was tired and I was a bit grumpy because the kitchen was messy um Sorry. and then the kids appeared and I can remember being so annoyed because I was so annoyed and then they were there but then um I'm, I feel like I was in the kitchen for an hour and actually it was really lovely and they really cheered me up with their little just they were so cute they were really lovely children um so sometimes 
my own like introverted I don't want to see people they could really flip that around on you and you find like an hour later oh I've had such a lovely time they were so sweet um yeah so so that could be good and so (laughs) there's something there of actually beginning to bend and flex isn't there I can very much hear that sense that um there was a a need to create some kind of boundaries um, in amongst a culture where there are very few boundaries in terms of personal space. Um, but at the same time, I hear also that there's that bending and flexing in terms of even when you didn't necessarily feel like it, um, beginning to um, be changed by the culture that's around you as well. And um, rather than that being an imposition, there's, there's some real positives there in terms of learning to live and, and do life in, in a different way. Um, so in terms of, there's obviously lots of kids and there's, uh, there's lots of um, uh, connections in that way. Um, how about with the, with the parents of those around? Because I presume that they weren't looking in through your back window and watching you do the washing up and uh, hounding you <laughs> sometimes okay there is a story there is a story but how do you, how do you find, find connecting with some of the uh, some of those of uh, an age closer to you or at least having made it to adulthood um so some what one problem there was um the the language barrier so the kids generally speak much better well, so particularly thinking right now about the Roma community, the kids speak better English on the whole than, than, than a lot of the, the adults and the women particularly. The, the men tend to go out to work. This is massive sweeping statements, obviously not true of everybody, but um, it's common for men to work and therefore they often their English is better. Mums stay at home, look after the kids, but kids go to school. So they're having to speak English every day and learning it. So um, actually till recently, I found it, very difficult to get a a really good um you know a, a proper friendship with because language just gets in the way with with a Roma adult woman um and yeah we now now that people have been here longer and the young people are starting to grow up and they've been through the school system and their English is better and um, that is starting to happen that's lovely in the early days I um I decided took it on myself to learn Slovakian uh, started to study um, and uh, got a few months into like ad hoc learning Slovakian and thinking that was going to enable me to speak to my neighbours and then you know tried it out with some and discovered that that's not what that's not the language they speak anyway they speak Roma wow. <laughs> um, and the name Slovakian as a sort of second language but and it's better than and um, better than uh, their English in some cases um, but I had this weird experience where I was trying to get my neighbours, my Roma Slovak neighbours, to teach me Slovakian. And I said, please, please teach me Slovakian. And, they were, and then I realised that they were asking each other, what is the word for cat? Um, and I was like, there's something wrong here. If you don't know. <laughs> and that, that's when the penny dropped that this was not actually, this had actually been a pretty big waste of time. <laughs> and so what, so your um trying to communicate because that's I'm guessing one of the one of the biggest barriers um, in any kind of um, setting where you've got people of different values and different backgrounds that actually 
communicating whether you share the same language or not that that that's where things will often break down what you mean uh, and what you understand can be very very different from somebody else um even as i say if you share the same language so you've obviously managed to get to the point where you've been able to approach them and say, look, I'm trying to learn Slovakian. Um, I can't even say the word, let alone any other language. Um, so you're trying to make that effort to connect, aren't you? Um, mm-hmm. How did you even get to that stage? If there's little language, um, if there's little ability to communicate, to get to the point where you're saying, please teach me your language, whichever language that happens to be. Um, there's obviously some steps before that in order to begin to, to build a trust and a relationship to even have that conversation. I'd say like even to start with, because there's so much more like communal living for them and um, knowing people around them that just, you could say hello to like a mum in the street or, or anyone like just as you were walking past and they would say hello back or they'd smile um I think like especially a lot of the mums were quite like find that quite nice to have that connection um and if they can see you're talking to their kids and especially when they're a neighbor so you see the parents all the time they they will talk to you like a little bit about if you have children or um they can tell you that they have however many children or there's the what you can talk about and what's like visual they will try and have a little they would try and have a little chat with you and um they were quite open to having a go and then sometimes you'd meet like a real roadblock where you both just gave up (laughs) quite quickly but um that's like a good starting point that they know you're someone who's friendly so um so there's the way that you sort of um, approach walking around, moving the casual connections that you might have with them. Um, if you're also, there's a language barrier, as you say, there were times when you would give up quite quickly, or but there would be an openness to a conversation. Must have taken a whole load of patience. Um, I guess so, I think you, there's things that you can communicate without language and that sort of like general friendliness, like your attitude. So that you can communicate that you want that that you're trying to connect if as long as you're willing to look like a bit of an idiot because you kind of you'll have awkward conversations that are not really conversations because you can't say what you want to say um but in having a go you communicate that you're open to them and you're friendly and that um you know they can see that you are um yeah, being being loving, I guess, and often the kids can translate a little bit as well, which helps. Um, but I think patience comes in. Is it because because if that's what you want, if you want to make community, and you can see like the rewards coming back, you know, it's 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 rewarding. Like when you when you're kind to somebody or or try to connect with somebody, and they try to connect back, that's that's like that's a reward, even if it's um. I don't know, it makes you feel good, it gives you warm fuzzies that someone's um, so someone's responding to you trying to make friendships. Um, and that's where the patience 
comes from, I guess, because it's not like you, you try and try and try and hit, hit a block road all the time and get nothing back. It's building one little thing on top of another. You get a little bit back and then you give a little bit more, you get a little bit more back. And um, sometimes um, just like being with people uh, rather than feeling like you need to fill the, fill the space with, with chat was a thing, like just accepting an invitation into a house, sitting, having a cup of tea, having a cake, making an occasional comment. <laughs> um, and that, that worked, you know. And I love your top tip there at the start, which was being prepared to make an idiot of yourself. That was a, that was a wonderful thing. Um, and um, but that, there must also be times then when you're sat in that place where you're just feeling that a little bit awkward because you have been served. They've provided you with a drink. They've provided you with some food. And there is that sort of sense that there is a distance, that there's a blockage language or otherwise between you. Um, what do you do with that sense of awkwardness? Because it'd be really easy. And I've done quite a lot of stuff sort of cross-culturally where, um, where I know in the sort of reciprocal that there are those from a different culture that have tried to connect with um, people from a different culture, with us, with us English, and it's been awkward. And so they've stopped trying. So how do you deal with some of that awkwardness when it doesn't quite feel as if this is clicking, even though there is, you know, that there's willingness. What what gives you that sort of incentive just to keep trying and to press through? You... I think it's good if you can find a buddy, because like yeah. going into these situations with Becky is different to being on your own. And then you can like sort of laugh about it. And afterwards you can laugh together rather than thinking, oh, that was so awkward I really don't want to do it again you can be like oh that was awkward but we did it and um we can do it again that um if you can find someone who wants to go with you I would say <laughs> to like do that because being awkward with another person who knows it's awkward but doesn't mind is funny but being awkward on your own is not so funny absolutely oh that's really good and um, there's, there's something there about being really intentional, isn't there? And even though it's awkward, having a, having a friend that will cheer you on and encourage you um, and uh, will be able to sit around and laugh about it afterwards, all really, really good things. Um, and um, yeah, and then it's persistence, I guess, um, just to keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. If you were to sort of look back over your time um, in the world of Vervale or Pittsmore, where you are at the moment, um, what would you say? Just maybe, what, is it not Pittsmore? Did I get that? No, it's not. You're further away. <laughs> That's right. We'll leave that in because I obviously wasn't listening at the start. Parts um, of a P. Passing cross. He says, hoping that you got it right that time. Um, <laughs> what would you say, sort of, um, one or two sort of top tips um, working with people from different values, different backgrounds? We we tried lots of different things. Um, so um, I think, like, that's probably what you've got to do. So to, we used to set mm -hmm. aside Saturdays as, like, neighbour time. Um, and to begin with, we used to try and plan things with our neighbours and... Um, 
like go around and say do you want to do this at this time on Saturday but then come Saturday they they wouldn't have remembered they'd be at the shops or something so we started just on a Saturday we'd think of maybe one or two different things we could do at different times and if they were available that was great and if not we could just let it go so um I think like that was one of the things that we learned that you had to try different things at different times and sometimes they were successful and sometimes you couldn't find anyone to, <laughs> to see you sometimes you could and you had a great time um but um but we had to learn to be more like flexible in our attitude mm. so good how about you becky uh, I think it helps if you really want to build community like if you're just doing it because um, it's the latest series at church or um, because Love it. it's what it's what everyone's doing and it's what we're supposed to be doing at Christian you know it could become the new um, you must read your bible every day thing you must connect with your neighbours couldn't it um, or almost like worse you must connect with them because then you can tell them about Jesus but like if you if you see building community and if you want to connect with your neighbours because that's an end in itself because then you'll have you'll be friends with your neighbours and that will be lovely and you will have this lovely um bunch of people uh around you when you get home from work um and and within within a few minutes walking distance if you if you want that then that's what's going to keep you going and um, so if you can see the value of that um then i think that's that yeah that's that's what's yeah, going to make absolutely. it happen and i guess i know um spending time with uh with you both that you love the area that you live in and i guess mm -hmm. the um the flip side is that if you hadn't been proactive at meeting connecting with your neighbors then actually you would have been holed up in your bedroom uh afraid of the uh, afraid of the difference you know and, mm -hmm. and keeping yourself to yourself but actually i know that through doing what you've done you've uh, that there's just such a love and affinity for the area that it would be very hard to drag you out uh and and plant you in somewhere somewhere else it's been brilliant talking to you today um i've learned a lot i've scribbled loads of notes um uh, but thanks for coming. Thanks for sharing. And um, just continue to pray for you guys um, as you continue to work in uh, in an area um, that is totally and utterly different um, from where I'm living in Walkley. That said, I know that we've got Greek Cypriots on the street. We've got a taxi driver from Nepal. Um, we've got uh, a Pakistani family uh, a little bit higher up that even though I'm in Walkley, which traditionally is a lot whiter, than the area that you are in um that there's still people from different backgrounds different ethnicities different socioeconomic um uh, classes it's all around us isn't it um thanks so much for sharing today uh bless you guys thank you for listening to this week's podcast if you have any questions about stc or would like to get in contact please email admin at stcsheffield.org